This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a volatile week. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo thinks fr Friday's surprising jobs report was pressuring the commodities. The jobs data, non-farm payrolls, blowing away estimates to the upside, 336,000 uh, jobs uh, made in September, essentially, um, well above the top-end estimates on the news wires. Um, this keeps the Fed hawkish in the market's mindset, and that's been the problem for the better part of four weeks. We keep seeing the stock market go down, and the bonds go down, which is taking the bond yields up and takes risk off the table, takes assets off the table like commodities to invest in, and I think that's what we're waiting to see. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the grains faced quite a bit of selling pressure going into the weekend. We did, and you know, I think it kind of started out with uh, technically uh, this week we had uh, a recovery, tried to see some strength here throughout the week, but uh, the jobs report really seemed to just, uh, that came out 7.30 Central, really kind of put an anchor on the market, and I think it told us that the economy is pushing along better than the trade thought, and that maybe interest rates are going to have to go up more than the trade had thought, and uh, risk-off type of trade. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says economic concerns were the biggest driver this week. Van On thinks fears of a recession are a very real concern. I think a lot of people are looking at these economic concerns right now and saying, hey, um, is, this the, is the recession coming that we've been talking about for so long? Is it finally going to come here? And a lot of people are pointing out bonds right now. So when you look at the bond chart, just the way this market is trading, it's um, it broke through two standard deviations around, away from trend line. It's just those concerns that you could see higher interest rates, those concerns of some economic struggles. And I think that's where you see that, you know, uncertainty come up. It's definitely coming up into the cattle markets, um, and I think it's weighing on the bean market. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending September 28th showed corn export sales at 2.4 million metric tons. That is well above the previous week and the four-week average. Soybean export sales of 800 8,000 tons, 20% more than the previous week, but 10% less than the four-week average. Wheat export sales, 661,000 metric tons, 21% more than the previous week, 57% more than the four-week average. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strauman said the livestock markets firmed going into the weekend. The live cattle, feeder cattle were both sharply lower this morning, and then uh, those markets firmed up the trade here with some pretty decent gains. Uh, you look at the, at the strength in the outside markets today, is certainly supportive with a better jobs report uh, helping out the, the live cattle, and uh, the feeders feeling the support from the, the live cattle as well. You look at the cash market and live cattle, they were down a dollar uh, earlier in the week, but it looks like the, the live cattle here at the end of the week is trading a, you know maybe a dollar higher. So that's supportive, and, and then the lean hogs. Uh, we were lower this morning, but uh, they came storming back with some follow-through short covering from Thursday's strong close, and that market was oversold as well. And yeah, the export sales yesterday were were really uh, strong, and and that uh, is supportive to the lean hog market. The USDA soybean crush report for August showed just over five million metric tons crushed last month. That's uh, up from 480,000 metric tons in July, down 180,000 tons from August of last year. The crush number slightly below trade expectations. Soybean oil stocks total 1.7 billion pounds. It's also slightly below trade expectations, indicating strong soybean oil demand. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
The Proceed Right Choice program, where every seed is a step towards your dream rewards. Buy your favorite high-yielding Proceed varieties and watch your rewards grow. With Proceed, you not only get top-notch seeds, but you also get a chance to earn incredible rewards towards Delta Vacations, Firearms, Shields gift cards, and personal co-branded apparel with your farm name, a symbol of your success. Visit Proceed.net to learn more about The Right Choice Program today. Listen to The Dry Bean Scene every Friday on the Red River Farm Network. Brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, Baristo Herbicide from BASF, SRS Commodities, and Heads Up Plant Protectants. We'll track this year's crop potential across the country and get industry perspectives on possible market impacts. It's the Dry Bean Scene, every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Well, the House is now in uncharted territory with the historic ousting of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. National Potato Council CEO Cam Quarles says while the government shutdown was avoided by McCarthy, his seat is now up in the air. Speaker McCarthy brought a bipartisan agreement to keep the government open temporarily to the, to the House floor and it passed uh, on Saturday. And the, the, the gamble that he was taking, uh, some of the hardline uh, folks in his caucus had said, if you do that, if you cut a deal, uh, a bipartisan deal, we are going to remove you as Speaker. Uh, Speaker McCarthy gambled, and the, the, the hardliners uh, were able to remove him uh, yesterday evening as Speaker of the House. Congress is in limbo until a new speaker is elected. The House is now apparently in recess until next week. The Russell Group president, Randy Russell, says with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's seat open, there isn't much time to get a new speaker picked and bills, including the next farm bill passed. Well, the, the, the problem they've got is that by the time they get done picking a new speaker, next week will be pretty shot, and then they've got four more weeks before we get to November 17th and when the continuing resolution that kept the government funded runs out again. That does not leave them much time to pass appropriation bills that they have committed to doing. So I, I think you're going to see the next four or five weeks a heavy focus on appropriations. I don't see where that creates an opportunity on the House side for them to take up a farm bill until they resolve this government funding issue on November 17th. With the farm bill timeline getting stretched further out, Russell says there will most likely be an extension added. You know, I, I would just say this. This has really been an unprecedented time and a very difficult time to try to write a farm bill in. And I just think for all the listeners and all of us that care about getting a new farm bill, the dust has really got to settle on the appropriations issue for the rest of the year, on the speaker first and foremost, and I think once we get that behind us, I think that'll create a pathway and momentum to get the bill done. But clearly, we are way behind where we need to be, and we're going to need some kind of an extension going into next year in order to buy us time to get a bill done. Russell is hopeful with an extension passed, the farm bill could be completed before the spring of next year, before it gets overshadowed by the presidential election. Medallia Minnesota farmer Harold Woolley took over as president of the National Corn Growers Association this week. Woolley says his goals for the next year include building a farm bill that prioritizes corn grower needs. I have many goals for the organization, but perhaps my most immediate objective is to ensure that corn grower priorities 
are included in the Farm Bill and that we get the bill across the finish line. We are particularly focused on crop insurance and the safety net programs of the Farm Bill. These programs provide vital assistance to farmers during bad times, like when crops are damaged from adverse weather conditions or when farmers experience revenue losses. We need to get this legislation passed as soon as possible. Minnesota Representative Ilham Omar and a dozen other Democratic members of Congress are asking for a permitting ban on carbon capture pipelines. A letter has been sent to President Joe Biden saying a moratorium is needed until federal safety standards are updated. Three carbon pipelines are planned in the Midwest to help the ethanol industry reduce its carbon footprint. North Dakota has the potential to be one of the world's largest carbon capture sites. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. While the rest of the world is still asleep, the local cafe is coming to life. The coffee's on, the rolls are in the oven, and the regulars are coming in to claim their tables, just like clockwork. Everyone knows that you best be on time or risk paying the price. Even Jack from Choice Bank down the street. All right, all right. Coffee's on me. When it comes to choosing a banker, find someone you'd want to grab a coffee with. Choice Bank, top North Dakota ag bank for 10 years running. Check out the job opportunities page on the Red River Farm Network website. Current career possibilities include a crop protection manager, agronomy sales role with Spring Creek Ag, an established pioneer seed agency southwest of Valley City. Go to rrfn.com and click on the Job Opportunities tab for more details. And if you have a job to post, contact Don Wick or Jay Rader at the Red River Farm Network. We'll get you all the details. With a look at weather, this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. NOAA was out with its 30-day weather outlook this week. For most of the northern plains and upper Midwest, temperatures are expected to be above normal during the month of October. The eastern Dakotas, though, have an equal chance of above and below normal moisture. The western Dakotas are forecast to see slightly above normal moisture. Nutrient Senior Science Fellow Eric Snodgrass says there's a possibility of a frost during the second week of October. I, you know, there's some better evidence that you might have your first one around the 6th, 7th, 8th of this month. We're going to see temperatures getting cold behind a deep load that's going to try to roll through the area. But then again, you could have a cold night that gets down to 34 and you didn't get a frost, right? So right now we're just going to have to wait and see, but I think it's going to be that time frame. Until then, between now and like August, or excuse me, October 6th, 7th, 8th, we're going to be very, very warm. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, we're at crack nine, or excuse me, crack 80. And Snodgrass expects this fall and early winter to have more of a hot, cold pattern. Corn harvest nationwide, 23% complete. That is below trade expectations, but just above the five-year average. The soybean harvest moved from 12% complete last week to 25%. Winter wheat seeding went from 26% last week to 40% complete this week. Well, this week's rain slowing the harvest in northwestern Minnesota. Halna farmer Chris Follins had been making good progress on the soybeans. We're doing really good at home. We got about soybeans about half done. Just a very nice average crop. For being a dry year, we're really happy. Um, yeah, so being half done the soybeans um, by October 3rd is, is really good for us. Definitely two weeks ahead. But everything was in the ground early, too, so everything was mature and, uh, like I said, pretty nice crop. Pasture and rangeland conditions across the U.S. saw minimal changes for the second consecutive week. Here's USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. 
We've got an equal amount of U.S. rangeland and pastures rated good to excellent and very poor to poor. That number is 35%. We were also 35% very poor to poor last week, and our number for good to excellent a week ago was 36%, so a one-point drop there. On the dry side of things, the main swath of dryness in terms of pastures and range stretches from the southern Great Plains and the western Gulf Coast region, northeastward through the western Corn Belt, and then we have a secondary patch in the northwest that's quite dry. Leading the nation this week, 76% very poor to poor is Washington State. Second on the list is Texas, 73%. And there have been some areas that saw slight pasture improvement week over week. We've got some either good or improving conditions across the Intermountain West and the Northern Plains. So one of the big beneficiaries of recent rainfall has been the Northern Plains that has pushed rangeland and pasture conditions above 50% in Nebraska and the Dakotas. We also see those numbers above 50% in Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, and Nevada. Meanwhile, we've also got some reasonably good conditions in much of the Eastern U.S. We do see numbers above 60% good to excellent in several states, including New York, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Florida. The agriculture consultant Ag Rural is reporting Brazil's soybean planting just over 5% complete. That's the fastest pace on record. Ag Rural credits dry conditions allowing growers to keep the planters rolling. Ironically, though, it's too dry for some farmers to venture into the field. There's been scattered rains in southeastern Brazil over the past two weeks, but the moisture has missed the major crop production areas. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. SRS Commodities was founded over 30 years ago by a small group of farmers who wanted to add value to their dry bean production. It was their goal to provide the best quality dry beans direct from the field to the end user at a competitive and fair price. That commitment is still with us today. SRS Commodities with facilities in Mayville, Washburn, and Portland. Competitive and fair pricing. Find out more at srscommodities.com. Grower owned, family operated, customer driven. National Co-op Month is celebrated during the month of October. With the theme, Co-ops Build Economic Power, this is the time to recognize cooperative businesses as an effective way to build an economy that benefits everyone. At the time when the corporate world is scrambling to find an identity outside of maximizing shareholder value, cooperatives are a proven and trusted way to do business. This October's Co-op Month message is sponsored by the North Dakota Farmers Union and Associated Milk Producers Incorporated and its Dinner Bell Creamery.